Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love, all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Boleyn. Let's get started. Hey friend, do you ever feel scattered and disorganized in your business? Meaning your inbox is a hot mess and you struggle to create content consistently and you feel like you're struggling to get things done efficiently and effectively day after day. And heck, maybe you've even thought to yourself, am I really cut out to be an entrepreneur? And what I wanna share with you is that number one, heck yes, yes you are cut out to be an entrepreneur. And number two, it's not a you problem, it is a systems problem problem. And with that, I want to invite you to my free three-day training, Stressed Out to Streamline, where I'm going to be teaching you the three systems you must have in your business in order for it to operate efficiently and effectively so you can get the most important things done that you need to get done in order to move your business forward. I'm going to be teaching you everything about how to declutter your calendar, the most common mistakes around time management entrepreneurs make, how to set up a centralized hub for all things your business using Asana. And I'm going to be teaching you my favorite method, the calendar method, in order to ensure that you get the results that you want in your business in less time. To register for this free training that starts on Monday, January 4th, all you need to do is head on over to sheetedherway.com forward slash SOS. Again, it's sheetedherway.com forward slash SOS. And every day starting on Monday, January 4th, you're going to be getting an email from me that's got bite-sized trainings that will allow you to go from stressed out to streamlined in your business. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. I don't know about you, but I am loving this month so far. Mike and I got back from Charleston this Saturday right after Thanksgiving and have been soaking up this holiday vibe in Chicago, including the chilly weather ever since we got back, which I never thought I would hear myself say, I'm enjoying the chilly weather, which I never thought I would hear myself say that. Now, it might be a different story in January after the holidays have passed by, but for now, it's been such a treat to wake up in the morning and journal and read next to the tree to bundling up and going for long walks in the evening after um, dinner, which is something that I did when it was warmer out. And I was really afraid if I would continue doing that when it got colder. And I'm so grateful for my coat. I'm so grateful for the layers and it has been amazing. So if you are tuning in and you are in a colder climate and I just encourage you that it's not as bad as you think and just to wear layers and being outside in the chilly weather, whether you are listening to a audiobook or a podcast or maybe not even listening to something. Sometimes I'll walk around with nothing coming through my ears and it's a really great opportunity to carve out time for what I call thinking time, where I'm not having any sort of inputs. It's just really me thinking about what do I want my life to look like, business and personal in the next year or next three years and five years, what's my vision? And so carving out that time to actually have thinking time is really important and really crucial to, I believe, keeping the main thing the main thing in your life and not getting distracted and pulled in different directions. And so today's podcast episode, I wanna share with you the five most important things I have learned in 
in 2020. And I love that in December, it means that January is around the corner. And I love January, not because it's my birthday month, but in a little shout out to all you Capricorns. But because to me, the January symbolizes the start of something new. And it can be so fun to set new goals and start fresh, which I'll be diving into all of those topics next month on the podcast. But having December signals to me that January is right around the corner. And it doesn't mean to rush December. It just signals to me it's a really great opportunity to reflect on some things this past year in order to set intentional goals and desires and vision for the next year ahead. And part of my ritual every year is to reflect on the five most important things I've learned from the previous year. And I don't spend a ton of time on it. Um, Maybe I think this year, like 30 minutes to really just ask myself in solitude, you know, Mano, what were the the five things that you learned this year that you want to carry into the next year that you want to be mindful of? What were the themes? What were the lessons that you took away from this year? And like I said, I know it can be super tempting to want to rush into setting new goals. I know some some of you, because I have in the past, I'm like rushing away from the previous year because I'm like, all right, can we just move on? And for some of you, 2020 might be that year where you're like, I don't even want to unpack it. Can we just talk about 2021, please? But I really encourage you to sit down and reflect because the beauty of taking this opportunity to reflect on the themes and the lessons you learned, that's going to help really lay the foundation and provide focus on where to put your time and energy in 2021 or the next year, depending upon when you're listening to this podcast. So my first lesson that I took away and learned in 2020 was letting go of needing to plan so far in advance. I am a one on the Enneagram and I'm always really cautious of putting labels on things, especially if labels don't serve me. So, but I'm okay saying that I'm a one on the Enneagram. If I'm even saying that right, I'm a one on the Enneagram. I'm a one. Let's just say that, right? I love processes. I love structure. I love organization. I love planning. And my innate default tendency with planning is that I, in the past, could be so into planning that I would over plan. And the reason why I would over plan what I found out and learned and uncovered was because I ultimately desired this sense of control. And I thought that if I could plan in detail down to every month in my business the year out in advance, then everything would be okay. It was really this false sense of control and desire. And as I've grown as a business owner and what I really found this year was that by not planning so far in advance and detail, I actually left room for magic. Now, I'm not saying to not have goals for the year. What I'm saying is that release the tendency to want to plan in detail the entire year. Because as I've grown as a business owner, what I found especially is that One, it's still extremely helpful to set goals and vision for where you are going and who you want to be, but really focus from a detail standpoint on the quarter that is ahead of you rather than trying to get in the details for the entire year, Um, knowing your metrics for the year and then focusing how to achieve those metrics for the quarter that is ahead. And I'm going to actually dive into this on the podcast next month when it comes to actually goal setting for what's ahead. Because the downside of trying to plan everything in detail from the start of the year is that things will shift. Things change, especially early on in the business, because you're still trying to figure out what is your offer? How do things operate? What do you like doing? What do you not like doing? And this even happens. I talk to some of my friends who are in five, seven years of their business. They don't plan in detail the entire year. They have a vision for where they want to go. They know how much money they want to make from a goal standpoint 
point in metric, but they really only focus on the quarter that is ahead. And again, that's because things shift, they change, they're allowing room to make those pivots when things need to pivot. And the other downside of trying to plan everything ahead of time in detail is that you leave no room for magic. And if we decide that this is how it must be, there's no room to shift and no room to allow, I say, magic come through. And what I mean by magic, there's no um, buffer to really pivot based on what you're intuitively feeling at that time. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying, okay, you can pivot all the time, but it's more about instead of gripping the entire year, really focus focus on the quarter that is ahead because then at each quarter you can assess, okay, maybe I need to pivot a little bit here. Maybe I need to adjust this thing here. And that's really what I am wanting to communicate with this aspect. Because when planning for the next year, what's important to know is the following. Your one goal for the year that's broken down into quarters. And typically this is a financial goal. I'm really big in setting just one goal for your business and making it the financial one because when you know how much money your goal is and how much money you want to make in the business for the entire year, you can break that down into quarters and then you can break that down based on your products and services that you offer. Again, I'm going to be diving into this next month. The second thing is based on the goal that you have set, it's knowing who you need to be and what place you operate from. And that is having that vision. You have your metric. You've got your one goal. Let's set the vision. What does your day look like? Who do you need to be? How are you making decisions? What's your future self? Who is she? And it's important to operate from your vision and from your future self rather than operating to. Because when you operate from your future self and you act and make decisions from that place, you then in turn become that person. And then the third thing is, is really getting focused on the daily habits and behaviors that impact your goal. So if you are trying to reach, let's say $100,000 in revenue in your business, who do you need to be? Who is she? How do you need to show up? What decisions do you need to make? How do you spend your time? Who is that person? And then the third piece is what do you need to do on a daily basis and the behaviors that impact the goal for that week, for that month, and for that quarter? And always keeping the main thing the main thing. And so by knowing your quarterly goal, you can then plan your days and activities accordingly. Oftentimes what happens when trying to plan the entire year is that that overwhelm sets in, especially if you're in the beginning stages of building your business. Because if you are in the first year of your business and you're trying to plan that first year, you don't have that experience from the previous year. And so for that reason, I want to encourage you that if you are starting out in the beginning stages, bring that timeline closer to you and focus on the quarter, especially the quarter and what's ahead of you and set goals for the quarter. Because that's, again, going to bring that timeline into you. It's going to be easier for you to see what needs to get done and how and when. So the first lesson I learned was letting go the needing to plan so far in advance in detail. Know your vision, know who you need to be for the year, but then focus on the quarter that is ahead. Lesson number two is that saying no is actually a good thing. This year, I completely exercised my right to use the word no or no thank you rather. And if you're new to the podcast, um, for so much of my life, I was this yes person because I never wanted to miss out. I never wanted to let people down. I didn't want to disappoint people. I wanted to be all the things to all people and be everywhere. And I quickly learned that if I am spending so much time and energy saying yes to other people's desires and goals and wishes, that it really left me in a state of depletion and overwhelm and frustration because I wasn't able to get the things done that I wanted and needed to get done. 
done. And I realized that it was difficult for me to focus on the things that mattered most to me because I was saying yes to everything else outside of me. And every time we say yes to one thing, we indirectly say no to another thing. It is important to know ahead of time what we want to say yes to. So we're prepared to say no to the other thing. That's requiring you to get really clear on your goals and what matters most to you so that when you get in the situation and you're asked to do something, you're very clear on your why on saying no, it's because you are protecting your yes. There will always be opportunities to say yes to something, but it is important to say yes to the things that matter to you and protect your time and energy. And it's not just in business, but also in personal life. This year, I honored my desire to not overcommit or fill my schedule with all the things. I turned down probably 90% of invites to participate in digital summits. I turned down podcast interviews. I turned down affiliate opportunities. I turned down sponsorship opportunities that some of these activities could have generated in revenue. But I turned them down because this year it became more clear the difference between what is stuff and noise versus what has a direct impact on the business and moving the needle forward. And also protecting my time, space, and energy so that I could, again, focus on the things that mattered not just in business, but also in personal life. And saying no is about protecting that time and energy of yours and making sure that you're keeping the main thing the main thing. Lesson number three is sometimes you need to tune out to tune in. And continuing with saying no, it also allows you space to tune out so you could tune in. There's so much noise from podcasts that we can consume, content, videos, social media, courses, that when we consume and maybe even overconsume, we really run the risk of putting ourselves in a state of overwhelm. And that is when our brain will start to spin out because it isn't really sure what it needs to think. And then we start operating from a place of reaction rather than from an intentional action. It makes us susceptible to hearing about the next new way to launch or the next thing that you need to be doing in your business or the next social media platform. And so without actually thinking about what it is that you want to achieve, we oftentimes can find ourselves reacting to that. And so again, tuning out to tune in because you no longer think for yourself because all the inputs are from other people. And finding time this year to disconnect and create a quieter space was super helpful for me to get clear on what mattered most in my life and in my business rather than thinking I needed to be doing something because someone else was doing said thing. I put limits on how much screen time I was allotting for myself, including Instagram. I condensed work days from eight hours to six hours on average. And this constraint helped me stay focused and it made it so that I didn't have time to consume other content. And I encourage you that if you haven't done so already to take time off social media and take time off from consuming because it's going to give you the space to pause and think rather than rushing from one thing to the next. And it's a great exercise to gain that perspective. And it helps you keep the main thing, the main thing rather than having like shiny ball syndrome of like squirrel. Oh, here's another thing, right? We all go through that. And I think sometimes it's also being patient with yourself as you do this, because for me, I I think I had to go on one end of the spectrum of being so busy, so fulfilled and experiencing that burnout to then really come back and prune and get clear and tune out and tune in to what matters most. So I'm sharing this in hopes that maybe you don't have to go through the experience yourself, but taking some tidbits on how you can use these lessons for your own experience as you move into 2021 and the new year. Lesson number four, it might sound a little cliche, but I learned to all 
always do it your way. And this was really key for me this past year. It really hit home for me on what does she did it her way mean. And there was a point this year that I felt that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not living in alignment of doing it my way. And I was kind of out of, I guess you could say integrity, but I was out of alignment of what it really meant to do it my way because I had found myself in a position of doing things in my business because I thought that's how I should be doing it. That's what I believed everyone else was doing it. And even though there were times where I'm like, "Uh it kind of feels off, but I'm gonna push through it anyway. Yeah, if something feels off, it's probably off. And that has been a muscle for me to continue practicing listening to my intuition. Doing it your way requires you to go inward and listen to your intuition and practice that muscle. And what does it mean to do it your way? It means that regardless of how you think you're supposed to do something, you tune into yourself and you stay in your lane because by doing what feels good and what lights you up and what is inspiring to you will lead you to a greater path towards abundance rather than trying to follow a templated approach from someone else. And I will say sometimes maybe you need to follow someone else's approach to learn what does doing it your way look like. But when you get swooped in, in all of it, it's hard to see the forest from the trees because you're in it. It's like trying to read the label of a pill bottle when you're inside of bottle. You can't. It's like the phrase when I've heard it years ago when they say someone goes and works in Washington, D.C., they've gone Potomac because you start to take on that persona and you start to take on the thoughts and the way of being and that you slowly change over time that you don't even realize that you've completely shifted what matters to you. And so in this bit, all of it stacks on each other to really come to this place of identifying what does it mean to do it my way? And doing it your way is gonna look different from someone else, but it's not being afraid to go your own path and do it your own way rather than following a templated approach. And this year I learned that I can be able to go it at my own way and do it my own way. And I've actually acquired more abundance by doing it my own way and saying no thank you to the other things that I thought I should be doing. And not just financial abundance, but health, relationships, more time. And I encourage you to always check in with yourself every step of the way of building your business. Because again, if something feels off, it is probably off. And it's just that slight voice within you that you can feel just a little touch that like "Mm, something doesn't feel right necessarily like it doesn't always come at you where it's like okay this is totally not the right thing for you but it's just a little nudge and you, you can feel it and you can sense it. And the more that you honor that feeling, the more it becomes clear over time and you really start to tune in and trust that intuition and that feeling. So go with what lights you up. I have seen this time and time again. This is the last thing that I'll say about doing it your way is that if you have roads A and roads B and road A is filled with the templated approaches that have made people hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and you're going down path A and it feels hard. It feels resistant. There might be an opportunity to unpack that 
what about it feels hard in resistance? Is it just the natural tendency of building a business or is there something fundamentally off? You also have this path B. And path B, if you're in your lane, path B could potentially accelerate your growth because you are following your intuition and your gut rather than following someone else's templated approach. Now, there are best practices when it comes to business, building an email list, building an online business, building a course, getting sales, getting clients. And I'm not saying dismiss those. What I'm saying is, is take what you need from those those templates and really make sure that you are honoring yourself, what lights you up, what excites you and building the business that you love and doing it your way. Follow that. Lesson number five is my business will only grow to the extent that I grow. And there's something that's called the law of the lid. And this is where if you are a leader in an organization, your team can only rise to the level in which you are at. So if on a scale of one to 10, you're operating at a seven, your team will not rise above that lid. And if they do, they probably will no longer be on your team. And typically people on our team will only rise to maybe one, two degrees below where we're at. And so this deeply, truly, recognizing that my business will only grow to the extent that I grow. The more I invest in myself, the more that my business can grow. The way to achieve a half a million dollar business or seven figure business is to continue investing and growing in in who I am as a person. And this year I learned that what happens when you truly invest in yourself so that you can expand and operate from the place that you need to in order to become the person you need to be in order to achieve the goals that you set. And I used to actually think that it meant doing all the things and actually it was quite the opposite, like I've shared in the lessons. It meant becoming an even better keeper of my time, my mental energy, my focus, my yeses, and continuing to take massive action. My goal for this podcast is always to inspire you, to elevate you, to elevate your business, and to be able to take some of the learnings and things that I've experienced to then apply them to your own experience. I am so excited over the next handful of podcast episodes to take you through my planning process from reflecting on the past year to identifying goals, who you need to be in order to achieve those goals and more. So I am so excited for you and the next year ahead. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, keep doing it your way. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com where you can access the entire vault of She Did Her Way podcast episodes and more information all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review, letting me know what you love about the She Did It Her Way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.